Did you know that Easy Medical Device is not only a blog, a podcast, or a YouTube channel? It's also an agency that is providing you consulting, coaching, and training for medical devices. So if you have any projects, don't hesitate to contact me at info at easymedicaldevice.com. Info at easymedicaldevice.com. So talk to you later. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Lazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standard today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Alazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we will help you understand more about the UDI code. So the UDI code is a new feature that should be available within your products regarding the new uh, medical device regulation. So in v, uh, IVDR and MDR. And I have with me uh, Sylvia Rengart from GS1, who will help me to uh, make you understand what is this thing. So what is UDI? So Sylvia, welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Welcome, Monia. Thank you to get a chance to talk a little bit about UDI. No problem. So thank you for that. And thank you for helping. And I think, uh, yeah, GS1 is really the, the right actor here to help us really to have a better understanding of all this. So uh, Sylvia, just to start um, at the beginning, so can you make an introduction of yourself uh, so that um, we can have a better understanding of what, who you are and what you are doing, and then we can go to the next topics. Sure, yes. Um, I'm working as a sector manager at GS1 Germany. I joined the company uh, in October 2011. And it's not a surprise starting with that time. I'm working also on the UDI topic because due to the US FDA rule, uh, prior that I worked also for an EDI provider in healthcare, working on um, data exchange um, things, topics. I also manage international projects with uh, medical device suppliers. And I'm very proud that also I was able to spend about 10 years in a purchasing department of a German university hospital. So I also, and know a little bit about the situation, how that works with UDI codes at the healthcare provider side. So great. So I hope I hope this this experience will also help uh, some of our uh, our people here to uh, to help us uh, understand that. So um, a bit maybe some words about GS1. So GS1 is um, I mean we'll talk more about that. But GS1 is a company. Um, is it a, a German company or it's located somewhere else? No, GS1 is an international standardization organization. Meanwhile, we have more than, I think, more than 110 GS1 member organizations worldwide. I'm working for GS1 Germany, which is the second one. On place one, there you will find GS1 West. But in more than 110 countries, we have GS1 member organization. We're working on one global standard, which I talk about a little bit later, more in detail, how that fits to UDI. Great. So, and we're also working, uh, we're a neutral organization, a not-for-profit organization, and our business model is based on, I want to mention it also, on uh, license fee, which is quite transparent, and our major goals is to improve supply chain processes by using our standards to become, uh, to, to make them much more secure, much more transparent and efficient. No, it's great. So yeah, I didn't know that uh, GS1 was for uh, a non-profit organization. So it's uh, so it's great to to know that. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so by the way, maybe it's the right time to talk a little bit about 
news or not a disclaimer, a GS1 yeah, disclaimer, I want to mention that yeah. because we will talk about UDI re regulatory requirement. So neither GS1 nor its member organization, for instance, GS1 Germany, nor the staff have real or apparent authority to speak for the regulatory authorities. That's quite important. What we offer is advisory service focused on our standards. Um, but a supplier needs to go into his internal processes with the regu regulatory affairs department, came up to a decision and determine how they can go the correct path to compliance. That's quite important. Maybe these are not so good news. I thought there are some good news also because due to the fact that we are really a global um, organization um, with more than 2,700 employees worldwide, we provide also support to our users, to medical device suppliers on how to implement, for instance, UDI in their local language and understanding also the local requirements. So great. So yeah, as I said, so uh, GS1 is really a, a well-known organization. I know that since many years, I mean, <laughs> since I, I'm starting to work for medical devices. So uh, it's really, really important to, to mention that. Um, okay, so great that now we have a better understanding of who you are and maybe who, what is GS1 exactly. Um, I wanted to make, make the audience more understandable about UDI. So um, what is, I mean, before UDI, I think there was already some barcodes on some mm -hmm. uh, products. I think some came from GS1 also. Um, what is now this UDI code? What is what is the thing that is changing with all this? Uh, how how this is helping to have a UDI code on, on, on my product now? Yeah, um, the code is one part of this UDI system described in the rules. So it's um, designed to enable um, the healthcare com community and the public also an opportunity to identify a medical device using this unique device identification. And this UDI will appear on the label or on the device itself and on all higher levels of a device packaging. And maybe it's interesting to look to so yeah, the background. So for instance, US FDA, the European commissions or other regulators have also made patient safety a strategic priority by developing a legislation like UDI. And what does it mean in real life? So um, UDI, as mentioned, will appear in both plain text format and a format that can be read by, I use this acronym, AIDC, Automatic Identification Data Capturing, which is also part of the MDR technology. So for instance, you have to use a barcode and the UDI will provide a key also to obtain um, yeah, required device information in a UDI database. So database topic, quite important thing, it's especially for Europe. UDAMET will provide the information needed um, for the identification of a medical device. So it is um, really something that will help to make some trustability of your products. Um, because before with the barcode that we had, it was just a, a product code, if I can say a product barcode, so we can track the product, uh, maybe the country where it comes from or something like that. But we cannot track the lot number, we cannot track the date of, uh, uh, of um, manufacturing or date of expiration, etc. I mean, there is more information on this one. But right. um, you mentioned that US already had that, Europe will have that. Is there a difference if I have already maybe with GS1, I have already a code, a UDI code uh, with GS1 in the US, should I add a new code on my products for Europe or can I use the same code as the US one? As you, as, 
And I would say you can use the same standard, which is great, because it's not only to allocate numbers to your products, you also have to produce a barcode label. So it's the same standard you can use. Um, I would like to point out to some rules how to allocate numbers. So for instance, if you're talking about different target markets, you need to have in mind if you have a different language on the package. You have to differentiate that too, so you need a different number. But you can use the same global uh, standard. And in case you have a multi-market package, it's the same code. Okay, so it's great. I think it's a, a great precision here because yeah, we have here now some uh, rules that uh, we have to have a language for each of the countries that we are uh, selling the products in Europe. Uh, so if you plan to update your packaging or you have multiple um, products code because of different languages, then you should have different uh, UDI code. But if it's the same as the one you have actually with all the language inside, so as you said, I think there is no no change at all, which is I think a, a good news for for some of our. Uh, of our audience yeah. and or our manufacturers because yeah i think too much codes at the end we don't know exactly which one we have no, no. there's a clear strategy from gs1 keep it simple only one barcode on the package please that's great <laughs> so to make sure that also the healthcare providers can work can work with that in case there would be several barcode information so uh, how should they know which they have to scan that exactly yeah it's it's also i think important that uh, as we said this product, uh, this uh, barcode is for traceability so uh, yeah. it should be trackable from beginning to the end so even the yeah. user should know how to uh, read this code the hospital the i mean the distributor right. the import all the people have to have a link to this code so they have to have to an understanding so if there is many different standards i think it can make make some confusion here yeah. um just for maybe some people that maybe don't know at all what is UDI, I mean, not what it is, but how it is structured, can you explain to us how we can build a UDI code by itself? So is there some kind of uh, standard? I mean, there is a standard maybe with JS1, there is maybe a standard with other companies. So what is your standard for building a, a UDI code? Um, so yes, first you should know that UDI shall contain two parts. One is the UDI device identifier, UDI DI, and the second part is the UDI production identifier, PI. The UDI DI is, is a unique number specific to a model of a device. And it's also, as I mentioned, uh, the access key to information stored in the UDI database. So for those working with GS1 standards, they can then use the GS1 ident called Global Trade Item Number. Uh, we use an abbreviation G10. Yeah. So the G10 is then uh, equivalent to the UDI-DI. With the G10, you can um, comply to those requirements around UDI-DI. Um, the UDI-PI production identifier is a numeric or alphanumeric code that identifies the unique unit of device production. So there are different types of UDI-PIs. So for instance, serial number, lot number, software identification, manufacturing, and or expiry date. Um, those information, um, you are the, if you're working with GS1 standards, there's another concept behind called application identifier concept, which allows you to encode those information in a structured way within a GS1 barcode. So, so, so it's, it's, and the combination of both is the UDI. 
code. And the, the, the UDI PI, so it's mainly the manufacturer who creates yeah. that. He's, he's not, it's not something that he, he comes to GS1 and asks them, no. give me a no. code for the UDI no. PI or this or that. It's only the UDI DI that is coming from GS1. And the UDI right. PI, you are just defining what is the standard for you to right. create this UDI DI. Yeah, and there are some specification around. So for instance, the serial number um, can be uh, um, 20 digit alphanumeric, um, but not more. So that's one part of our specification described there. So, um, but you're completely right. We only offer the access to the numbering system, the unique one. Uh, in, addition to test, in addition to that, we're offering all the required um, general specification, how to create a barcode, a spef specification around. But the information itself is produced by the supplier, by yeah. the manufacturer. And I remember when I read some, some UDI code for, coming from GS1, because it's different with other companies, there is some of those, um, I mean, for you, it's like numbers under brackets, uh, between yeah. brackets. Uh, zero one for the GTIN or the UDI, right. DI, the number 10, the number 17, the number 20 something. Perfect, Monia. You are already well informed. Yeah, yeah. It's, These I mean, are the application identifiers, which will be encoded within the barcode. So it's that therefore much easier to use those information in a structured way for further processes. So yes, these application identifiers are part of, they are ISO based and a part of a GS1 barcode. Yeah. Yeah, and when I looked at other entities, because there is other entities that are also providing the yeah. UDI code, uh, they use different um, right. different codes or different things to separate the different numbers, uh, which yeah. makes me more confused because I say, what's that? It's, I mean, you need really, you need really a kind of uh, an index to know what means this code, so what means the number behind, mm -hmm. which is a, a bit difficult. But uh, but you made it simple, I think, for me. For me, oh, it's yeah. simple. I wouldn't say simple, but it's a proved system. System. We are already um, um, working on that topic since more than 40 years. Um, and it's quite easy to um, um, work with those information, also mainly due to the fact that every GS1 barcode contains also a symbology indicator. And that's the starting point. So when you scan a GS1 barcode, you will get at first the information that's a GS1 code and not another one. Okay. And based on that, every scanner, every system using to scan those information is able to interpret in a proper way. So it's a global standard, not changing every year. It's a very stable standard and every uh, handheld scanner or other um, devices to scan those information then will recognize which kind of standard organization is behind and then they can um, easily interpret the information. It's all by ISO based. Also, our the other organization, uh, also the other designated organization in total. We have four for Europe, working on ISO based standards. The same principle behind. So there is an indicator which indicates which standards is um, used for the barcode, and then it's quite easy. So uh, talking about the other organizations that are uh, issuing entities that are authorized also to provide the UDI DI code. So uh, there is GS1. Who, who are the other ones? So we have then HIBC and ICCBBA, both are also designated for US. And then for Europe, we have a fourth one, that's the IFA GmbH. It's a German um, a standard organization. Mainly, um, they are offering mainly their service in the pharmaceutical area, but okay. they are also designated for UDI in Europe. 
And um, I mean, uh, GS1, HIB, CC, and uh, the third one, I cannot pronounce his name anymore. <laughs> uh, you were mentioned, I mean, your name was already mentioned on the MDR when it was published. So it's more like you are you were designated already. Um, and also HIBC and ICCPP. Yeah, exactly, the three, the three no. of them, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But the European Commission can still have add more more entities if they want. As you've said, they yeah. add the IFA. Uh, now they can add another one if they are interested. So it's it's more uh, in terms yeah. of uh, in the hand of the EU Commission. Right. So you can apply for that, and then you have to run the designation process. You have to fulfill all re requirements, and then sure. So um, in the US, as we said, there is the UDI code, so you can provide that. In Europe, there is a bit of a change in terms of the regulation. There is the UDI code, so UDI-DI, and there is the basic UDI-DI. Right, two different things, it's quite important. Yeah, very important. Uh, this new concept, a concept of a basic UDI-DI, it's quite, um, um, yeah, it's, it's only currently uh, required for Europe. So the basic UDI-DI uh, aims at grouping regulated me medical devices under the same identifier. It's an additional ident. So every medical device suppliers have to have, to have in mind. It's not only a UDI-DI, a GTIN. It also has to work on the second uh, identifier called basic UDI-DI. And also, therefore, we offer a GS1 ident Another event, and the name is Global Model Number, GMN. This is the equivalent um, GS1 event to um, fulfill the requirements regarding the basic UDI-DI. So um, this basic UDI-DI is not a code that will appear on the product. Right, very important. No, shall, shall not be used in any labeling, physical marking, or in the data carrier. But it's a very, very, um, how should I say, uh, a strong ident because it's connected to different things. So the basic UDI, DI, for instance, connects to the database, the UDI database, but also is connects to the registration of devices. It connects to the summary of safety and clinical performance, to the certificate for free sale, for technical documentation, EU declaration of conformity, and offshore certificate issues by a notified body. So it's a really new concept. Every supplier has to be aware about that, and it will have immense impact on any UDI implementation project. That's what we are thinking. It's covered by our uh, license package because it's one of our, in total, we have 12 GS1 identifiers. So we just talked about the global trade item number, GTIN, and you, you can use that for the UDI-DI. And the second one you need for UDI in Europe is then the global model number to fulfill the basic UDI-DI requirements. So the, the basic UDI-DI is, um, is a number that is group that can group many devices right. under it. So it's not like one basic UDI-DI for one product. It's one basic no. UDI-DI for a, a group of products. So can you help us just quickly maybe to understand how can I group a product under one basic UDI-DI? So is there a rule or something that... Oh, yes. <laughs> Everyone, um, if you start to work on that, it's the most important question in the beginning, how to set the path, because there is um, uh, 
attribute set described by the EU Commission. So you can go and check which are the mandatory attributes for basic UDIDI, which are the um, optional ones. And so, for instance, you can only group medical devices which are related to the same risk class. Yeah. That's one example. So that's a lot of things to have in mind. So my recommendation would be to check at first this attribute set to get a better understanding which kind of devices you are allowed to group together. And then you need a little bit of kind of balance. How big should be your group? How small? Because as you... As we already talked about, it's also part of a technical documentation. Okay, fine, a technical documentation can have more than one basic UDIDI, but one basic UDIDI, for instance, can only um, uh, appear on one technical document. Yeah. So there's a lot of impact around. So that's what I'm, or we are recommending once you start. First, sure, you should um, identify which is the right UDI issue and entity for you. But in the next step regarding basic UDI-DI, you have to do a little homework to see and understand better the concept behind and then to come to the um, conclusion how you group the items. And I think it's a really important point here because um, within your answer, I can understand and I know that it's the fact that there is no one answer for creating a group for a basic UDIDI. Right. So it's your strategy, but you have to respect some rules, but it's your strategy. You can you can have different, I mean, if you ask two companies with the same products to do to do a group of basic UDIDI, they will maybe come with two or three different strategies. So you yeah. have really to, to think about that and um, to just respect the, the, the minimum requirements. And maybe we should share with the, um, um, the people the new guideline from MedTech Europe about yeah. uh, basic UDI DI allocation, which is a great document. And there you can see which are the impacts and what you have to do. And then you have maybe to change also basic UDI DI and which impact that will have. So it's a great document. No, I think it's great. I will put that on the on the show notes. And you are right. This document is really uh, great. So thank you for MedTech Europe. There is a decision tree inside. There is a lot of things. Right. Some examples also. They are giving you examples because I think there, there is a lot of misunderstanding about this code. But now with that, I mm. think uh, it, will be, it will be great. So thank you for, for this reminder. Um, okay. So... Um, uh, now we have made a bit of the, the theory, if I can say, yeah. uh, explaining a bit what is the UDI, the structure, the standard, etc. Can you tell us, within your experience with your customers or with the people that, or with the facilities or people that you you met regarding the UDI, what are some issues that are happening when you have a UDI code? Do you have some kind of uh, maybe some complaints from some people calling you saying, oh, it's not working this or it's not working that, or there is an issue on this or on that? Do you have some stories like that, some, some examples? Not only some. So I think I have already a, f uh, uh, a lot of uh, samples. Um, and it's also a little bit about data quality processes in place. So that's what maybe we... We can see not in every company a really integrated quality quality uh, management uh, regarding the barcoding. Um, so what could happen? It could be that the barcode label labeling software didn't get the right instruction. So there might be a difference. So we didn't talk about our data carriers. So the most um, uh, there is one linear one, everyone, and maybe the most of uh, the people know this kind is a linear one called GS1128. So there you can encode not only one information, you encode, for instance, GTIN, lot number, and expiry date. 
And if you have small products, not so much space on a maybe single unit or a multiple unit package, you can use then also a 2D code, a GS1 data matrix. Yeah. But it starts already. That's maybe a pitfall because if you're working with a barcode labeling software, there is also a code called uh, code 128. But it's not a GS1128. And the missing part is then this uh, already mentioned indicator for the symbology. So you have to select first right symbology to make sure that you can work with the application identity identifier concept properly. And so some of one, those codes and that are not one can help for that. Right, right. So what we are offering is um, services to check barcode information. And we have uh, in, in, in our company, uh, a verifier, so we can check labels and prove it against the specs, the specification. Then you will get a check protocol and a check report. So that is a one-time thing, which we recommend if you are in the UDI project, if you start starting to implement that. And if you then in production, we always recommend also to integrate verifier uh, at least maybe a mobile one, and then you pick per production charge one or two products and check the labels. So okay. this verifier, uh, verifiers are really checking then if the um, barcode symbol symbology fits to the specification. Okay. So they're looking for the size of dimension and other topics. That's great uh, because, yeah, if it's smaller, maybe you cannot read it anymore. Uh, if it's the size is important, but also other things, uh, quality criteria um, can may cause then issues by scanning. Yeah, because um, I mean, uh, the scanner, um, if, if the, if the, I don't know if there is some specification in terms of uh, uh, some, some labels that should be not too shiny, or I don't know if there is those kind of things, or maybe the, the, the ink should be this color or not this color. I don't know at all that, but I think there is some kind of a specification that the manufacturer... Yeah, that's our... Mm. It's our GS1 standard basic document, foundational one, it's called General GS1 Specification. And there you will find all those required information about the identification keys, the data attributes, but also barcode symbologies. So the uh, detailed descriptions are available there um, regarding the data carrier. Um, so for instance, there is a symbol specification table um, where you can see all the numbers and the minimum size, maximum size, and also um, other information in order to achieve excellent scan rates, because that's the major goal to make it happen, that it really is a code which a nurse or someone in the hospital can scan easily and maybe document then uh, the use of some products Per patient record. No? I think it's 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 important, as we said at the end, yeah. uh, the person that is really using that at the end, uh, the hospital should be able to read it. So yeah, you have to to uh, make some kind of test to verify that uh, when right. it arrives, it arrives uh, correctly and it's legible and everything on that. Um, Maybe in German we have the Teufel liegt im Detail. I don't know if there's an English wording because it looks sometimes okay, but in case a, supply, a medical device supplier changed the, um, um, they decided to buy a different pack material, it could happen that the um, ink will not longer be in a properly way available. It may be due to this new material, it's going into this material and then you don't make the spec regarding this clarity of the barcode and things like that can happen. 
Yeah, and imagine yeah. if they have that on stock for six months and if they deliver that after, so it can be also... Uh, yeah, can be also right. Um, so uh, actually, we are still in a period where we are talking a lot about uh, coronavirus. Uh, mm -hmm. So this is something that is uh, touching, uh, I mean, it's a pandemic, so it's worldwide. Um, is GS1 helping... I mean, is the GS1 code helping in terms of coronavirus uh, situation? Is there something that you are doing for that? What we are, what we, what we can see now, due to COVID nineteen, a lot of things came up to the surface. So it's not in the past really uh, run in a perfect way. So this lack of visibility in global supply chains, the lack of visibility regarding stock, um, for instance, for personal protective equipment, that's now quite clear due to COVID-19. These um, use cases, these kind of processes are where are core regarding um, um, a core in terms of the GS1 is working on then since years to make it happen that um, the, um, using identify capture share technologies to improve these uh, supply chain processes the processes to make them much more secure much more transparent and efficient and so we are thinking due to COVID-19 um, people will come back to this uh, situation and think about, is there any global standard where we have a high uh, level of interoperability? It's a not easy word for me. I just recognize this always. <laughs> and uh, therefore, I think um, it's not nice to say, but it's a kind of accelerator using global standards for supply chain purposes. So we, we can see uh, with that that um, apparently the, um, the, the UDI code or the, the barcode used um, is also helping in terms of logistics. Right. So it's not just yeah. a regulatory uh, tool. It's not something that just required by the regulation, but it's also something that people can use uh, to manage their stock, manage logistics, manage all those things, which is also yeah. a, a good news. Really? Um, and um, yeah, sorry for maybe adding that. So that's what I can recommend to every medical supplier starting working on UDI so that we, can, we, we, we tell them, talk to your colleagues from the supply chain department. The codes are the same. The numbering systems are the same. Maybe you are able to um, synchronize your efforts a little bit. So it's not a silo. It's not only a regulatory requirement. So you can fulfill regulatory requirements, but in addition to that, you can improve your internal logistic processes, but also you can work to improve the overall global supply chain efforts. So that's the story behind. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good a good point here. Um, in terms of uh, GS1, so as we said, so you are a non-profit organization, but when I'm coming to your website, there is really a lot of information. There is a lot of things that to help people to understand the different code sizes, uh, how much number I should use, how much, I mean, I'm not a technical person, but when I'm going and reading that, I say, okay, I need, I need maybe to have a specific uh, person that is really knowledgeable on all this to help, but- Yeah, you, you need a kind of guide to that numbers of uh, documents, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think yeah, someone guiding you to help you a little bit to understand that's the way you have to move, move forward. You are right. That's maybe a weakness, but otherwise, uh, due to the fact that we are a standardization organization, we are producing a lot of documents, spec specification. But if you're completely new in that topic, mm 
it's overwhelming and you need a kind of guidance which are the top five steps to come to in the situation then you that you can say i'm on the right track to become uh, udi compliant i'm with you that's the reason why we're working on a lot of additional services we're offering um, trainings, um, as I mentioned, uh, we're offering those trainings in the local language. Okay. So I'm working for GS1 Germany, our trainings, we have webinars, we have uh, on-site trainings, but we're also offering in-house trainings. Um, they are in German, but if there is a request to do that in English, we can also offer that. Right. Um, then we also have uh, on our website, um, a UDI landing page, I would like to say, where we put together all UDI relevant information on one place, which may be helpful. Um, we also produced a tutorial for the basic UDI, uh, a short movie to explain a little bit how to mention that with the uh, numberings, the license, how the GMN, the global model number is structured. So we also um, um, working on concrete customer base by consulting customers if they are interested we have two consultants um, they go to the company they made a setup a specific one that's what we are offering too and then we also have um, as gs1 always the approach to uh, offer a kind of networking platform that's the reason why we have in germany also an event a UDI event in December in our uh, office in Cologne, where we have external speakers, where we also invite um, GS1 solution partners, those company, uh, companies offering, for instance, barcode labeling software or scanners or data solutions for the data exchange, uh, UDAMED stuff, to bring all those people together to make it happen that they use their own network then to work on UDI because UDI is not a competitive advantage. Everyone has to fulfill the requirements. So that's our approach. For those looking for English speaking information, we have our corporate site, gs1.org. Also on one place, if you're looking there, medical device, UDI, you will find also a lot of information in English. No, I think it's great. So, um, so yeah, I, I think you should send me a lot of those links. I will put that on the show I'm notes. I'm already prepared a little bit. <laughs> great, thank you for that. So please, everybody go on the show notes and, and pick uh, all those links and put that on your uh, bookmarks. So if you need them, you'll have that uh, for helping you understanding, uh, having a better understanding on, on, on the UDI uh, code. Uh, great. So, um, Sylvia, I think we really covered everything. We had talked about uh, the theory, the practice, even coronavirus. So, and what you are providing. So um, do you have a, a last thought or last advice for people that are, will go through this UDI, uh, UDI pathway or regulatory that they have to comply with the UMDR or UIVDR? The only thing, don't wait too long. <laughs> Start now. No, I think it's it's really great. It's a little uh, bit knowledge transfer required. You need to set up um, responsibilities. Who is responsible for the UDI project? Um, it's the, the knowledge required regarding GS1 standards and how to move forward. I think it's not a big affair. So you can go through that. But if you are under time pressure, that's not, not so easy. So yeah. start I think now. I think if you have a, a big portfolio, start now. If you have a yeah. small, small portfolio, maybe, okay, you have maybe a bit of time, but if you have a big portfolio, start now. Um, so where can people maybe contact you or discuss with you if they have uh, some more questions? 
Um, so maybe you will share my contact details. If not, if we go, if they go to our UDI landing page, we have several contact details. They are dedicated UDI support line also, because you know Germany, we have a lot of medical device supplies in yeah. our market. So we are expecting that some of them are not yet started. So we have a UDI support process behind. We have then um, uh, yeah, we guarantee that everyone who contact us will get as soon as possible, a feedback and a hopefully valuable answer on how to move forward. Good. So I will, I will put the, those details on the on the show notes so people, if you want to contact uh, uh, GS1, so Sylvia will provide the link so that you can have directly somebody to help you uh, with your with your project. Okay. So uh, thank you for that. So for all the people that are listening to this episode, if you are uh, on YouTube, please don't forget to just provide a comment or a like on the, on the channel and subscribe. And if you are uh, listening listening to that on your car, maybe, or doing your workouts. Uh, so don't hesitate to go to uh, the provider where you are listening to it and provide just a review, just so that you like this episode or you liked uh, the episode with Sylvia so that she, she will know that. Okay, so thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so Sylvia, really thank you for your support. Thank you for all the information and I wish you a nice day. Thank you, Monia. Thank you for this great podcast. Thank session. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.